0: This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well-known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you, it's in all of us. Let's dive in. Okay, raise your hand if you've been down a YouTube rabbit hole in the past week or month or day. (laughs) You know, that vortex of when you open up YouTube and you're trying to learn how to remove a tick from your dog or to see what Nancy's eaten in a day. And then all of a sudden you're watching celebrity mansion tours or how to make DIY tie-dye sweaters. Yeah, we've all been there, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you how much I love YouTube. It's got so much great content to binge on, and I'm always learning or being entertained by YouTubers when I open the platform. That's why I'm so thrilled to bring you this episode with Jennifer Zhang. She's a young 20-something-year-old who started a DIY YouTube channel when she was just 15 and grew it big enough that she was able to convince her parents to let her create content full-time rather than pursuing a quote-unquote real job, whatever that is these days. With more than two and a half million subscribers, a recently launched merchandise line that's flying off the shelves, and now with her debut into the music industry, Jen is a true visionary of her digital era, One glimpse at her channel, and you'll know why she's reaching the masses. She's creative, she's crafty, and she's totally hilarious. Today, you're going to hear from Jen on how she took something she simply loved doing when she was little and has turned it into a full-time job with a team and with lots of successes. Proof that whatever you want to create in this lifetime is possible. Let's jump into this episode with Jennifer from Generation DIY, and all of her links will be in the show notes. But before we do, I just want to check in. Are you shopping at Healthy Planet yet? I know you hear me talk about this store each and every week, but the truth is I approached them for a sponsorship of the Visionary Life podcast because I knew so many of you could benefit from a discount code on healthy nutrition items and supplements that you're already buying at full price. So why not save 10% on any online order? Just visit healthyplanetcanada.com and use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout. So that's VISIONARY10 at checkout to save 10% on any online order over $49.99. So let's dive into this episode with Jen. Jennifer, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on because in the probably 150 episodes that we have recorded in the last three years. I've really only spoken with one YouTuber. Um, and so I think it'll be really cool to get you on and to share your perspective and journey into paving a path that I still feel like is quite new and quite unknown to many of the listeners. So thank you so much for being here
1: today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always exciting to do podcast things. There's so, I feel like it's so just like conversational and casual. So it'll be good to get some of my YouTube knowledge and stuff out this way.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's what it is. It's just a conversation like we were catching up over coffee. So the only thing is a bunch of listeners get to also um, (laughs) hear in on this conversation. Perfect. Perfect. So let's give a little snapshot, uh, as to where did you
1: grow up and can you remember what your very first job was? So I was born and raised in Vancouver in Canada, which is where I am currently. Um, I actually, I've never worked like a traditional job before. So my first paying job, I guess, would actually be a piano teacher, Yeah, so I've been playing piano for like, I want to say like 16 years at this point. Yeah, so in high school, I used to teach um, younger kids piano and that kind of stuff. And eventually I stopped, though, because I realized I'm terrible at teaching. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not going to ruin you guys' lives anymore. (laughs) But yeah, and and then eventually I just moved on to YouTube and that became my full-time job from there, which is kind of crazy. And I'm like so grateful that I've gotten to work these really cool jobs.
0: So cool. And I mean, that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. So let's zoom the lens back. I believe it was like seven or eight years ago how did your YouTube journey begin? Like, did you just grab a camera and turn it on yourself and upload it? Or was there a lot of thought that went into it? Take us back to that day or that month when you started considering beginning this channel or what you may not have even known to be a channel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I was 15, It was 2013. So, ooh, it's kind of crazy, almost a decade ago. (laughs) Yeah, so- I had been watching YouTube for, like, one or two years, and I was obsessed with the DIY genre. There were a bunch of teenage girls, like, around my age or a little bit older making these, like, DIY room decor videos or, like, morning routine videos. And um, I was, like, I didn't want to be like them so bad. And it was perfect because I grew up making DIYs, like, just – I loved crafting. I would make, like, birthday gifts for my friends and family. And these just, like, weird little craft things are not weird. No, I love them. So it was, like, it was my biggest hobby. And I thought I might as well try just, like, filming it. So I was planning on making these DIY Galaxy shoes anyway. And I just kind of grabbed... A digital camera we had in the house. Um, Thankfully, my mom was like really into photography. So we had this like point and shoot camera and I just um, set it up. I had no idea what I was doing. But I spent the whole week trying to teach myself how to edit on this like super old, you know, those Microsoft like brick computers, like circa 1995. I was editing on that for A like maybe two months. It was kind of crazy because that's all we had at the time um, because we didn't grow up with a lot of money or anything. So I I really had to start from scratch. And that's kind of how the whole DIY thing started too was because I had to make things myself. Um, So yeah, that's how it started. And it's kind of crazy where it led me to.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to ask first, what are DIY galaxy shoes? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I feel like I've said it so many times in the past and I'm like, oh yeah, it's just DIY galaxy shoes. Basically, I took this pair of plain Toms. Do you remember those? They were like super in style a couple of years ago. Um, um, so I had one of those and this galaxy trend was really popular in 2013. So I just took paint and like painted a galaxy pattern on the shoes, (laughs) which would be very questionable today, I guess. But at the time, 15-year-old me, you know, I was thriving. So yeah. I love it.
0: So I'm assuming, you know, you post that video and you didn't immediately get thousands and thousands of downloads. And I'm sure it was kind of a slow burn to get those initial few followers and community members. But I'm wondering, do you remember what some of those first or earliest successes were that made you go, okay, I'm onto something, maybe I'll create that next video. Like, what was, what were you getting um, feedback on or like what was coming to you that was like, okay, people loved that, that made you wanna keep going?
1: Yeah. Well, I remember when I got my first 12 subscribers, I was like, oh, my God, I'm famous. Nobody talked to me. (laughs) No, but I actually, my first couple of videos, they were just for fun. And I didn't really expect anyone to watch them. But I did have some early videos that started blowing up, which were... Let me try to remember. It was so long ago. I think my first one that kind of gained a little bit of traction was DIY Cream Blush. And and then I did DIY Baby Lips, like a tinted lip balm. So those two things kind of gave me an early kick, I guess. And I would say that my channel in the beginning, because I was in this genre on YouTube that was really popular at the time, it really started to pick up in numbers. And yeah, I guess it was a gradual growth, but because my channel at the time was so, so involved in the popular genre, it was sort of a a quicker growth than normal. Mm Yeah. So you were talking about content that
0: your audience obviously really wanted from you or from someone. Um, Were you aware of that at the time? Like, did you know that it was important to create things that the audience wanted? Or were you just truly creating based on what you were passionate about?
1: I feel like it's an interesting combination of both because I just was super, super interested in making videos and crafting and all that kind of stuff. So all the stuff that would um, be popular or go viral, that was the stuff that I wanted to make anyway. So it was really a perfect fit. And because I was first and foremost, um, a viewer, like a fan of these YouTubers, I felt like I really knew what people wanted to see because I knew what I wanted to see. So I kind of just created whatever I wanted to see. And luckily it performed well. So I feel like I kind of had to develop this businessy analytical mindset early on. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that's really important for anybody listening who's an aspiring content creator or wants to start a business. It's so important to study the industry that you want to be a part of. And I don't mean like sit down and learn everything there is to learn before you dive in. But by watching other YouTubers, in your case, you probably started to pick up on like, oh, this is what they do that people comment on, or this video of theirs has a lot of views on it and this one doesn't. So it's almost being a student of what you want to do. um, Exactly. And knowing that you can learn so much from those who have gone before you. Um, Like you obviously said, you were a fan of watching YouTube. So just by you sitting down and watching a bunch of content um, and kind of making some mental notes of like, oh, people seem to like this that enables you to be a better YouTuber and content creator, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I also would see videos that would go popular and also kind of look for gaps in content where there's something that I feel like people would want to see, but isn't already existing. So something that's in the same vein as something that goes viral, but that is not quite the same so trying to put my own twist on things just to make it unique and something that you can't really get from another channel yeah yeah so
0: i love talking about this actually like There's obviously a reason why you have the viewership that you have. And I'm assuming at this point, anybody could do a DIY galaxy shoes video or anybody could create the type of content that you're creating. But there's obviously something about you that people are really attracted to. I'm curious, do you know what it is about you that's unique and that keeps people coming back for more?
1: That is an interesting question. I feel like I'm always trying to figure that out. Like, I'm not exactly sure because I try to just be myself and do my thing. Um, I think back in the day, I really catered to an audience that, because a lot of the DIYs back in the day were, you have to go out to Michael's and buy this, 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 and all these different supplies. And for my channel was really trying to make things out of what you already had at home. So I was catering to that DIY audience, but also to an audience that maybe didn't have access to as many things. I feel like nowadays I just try to be authentic and show my personality. So hopefully people like my channel because they enjoy hanging out with me that is the hope.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I asked that question kind of to see if you had any like character traits, but I think you nailed it. You said, I try to be myself. And in a world where on Instagram and on YouTube, people sometimes like they put on this mask and they like show up and they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And And, like, you can tell it's not actually them. And you kind of want to like rip off the mask and be like, who are you really? Like, can you just be real for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the secret sauce is in being yourself, whatever that means for you, expressing your quirks and trying to be more authentic versus feeling like you have to have some pre crafted personality that you put on before you press record. So,
1: yeah, and it's really interesting too because when I started, um, I would say from 2011 to like 16, 17 it was really common for this genre of like lifestyle girls to put on this kind of facade and be like, hey guys, everything is perfect and bubbly and wonderful and pink. Um, And that started to kind of break down because people were starting to, I guess the audience that we had was starting to grow up and kind of see through that facade. And so I actually really enjoy this new wave of authenticity because it's a lot easier for me to be a real person in front of a camera. And I feel like people connect to that way more.
0: So, obviously, you make this DIY Galaxy Shoes video, and then I'm assuming you were inspired to continue creating. I'd love for you to paint a picture of, like, what did that first year or two look like on YouTube? Like, were you creating consistently? Were you seeing a lot of growth in the early days? Or was it a total
1: gong show? What was that first year like? I'm trying to remember because it was, like, seven years ago, but I just remember being really happy because i was just doing what i really wanted to do i think my first year i think i grew pretty well i think i'd have to go back and see i listed on my channel about page some of the stats okay milestones first video on august 6 2013 100 subscribers on October 18th of 2013. So it took me, what was that, August? Two 10? months. Two months for 100, which at that time was pretty good. Yeah, that's um, really good.
0: 100 people who care about your
1: videos. <laughs> yeah, which 100 people is still a lot of people now that I think about it. It is, um, yes. And it took me a little over a year to reach 100,000 Wow! Yeah. So, is
0: that quick in the world of YouTube?
1: Yeah, I would say actually nowadays it would be even quicker. Not for me personally, but if someone wanted to start out YouTube, I think it it's pretty doable if you're consistent and make content that people want to see. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess it went pretty well in the first year. But I think the key was really that I was passionate about making the videos because it's really obvious to see if you're in it for the wrong reasons or if you're not actually interested in your own content. And just to kind of like put a contrast to that, tell
0: us about how many subscribers you have today.
1: Um, I have a little over... I, I think almost 2.6 million. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> Does it feel real, first of all? Like, are you totally like accepting of this? You're like, I can picture two and a half million people watching me right now. Or are you still like, I don't know how I did this?
1: Yeah, I for sure cannot. I don't even know what 2.6 million people would look like, like in a field. Yeah, I have no It's just crazy. Idea.
0: It's so crazy.
1: I know. Um,
0: Tell us, what are like two or three things you did that you believe helped you grow to over 2 million subscribers?
1: I think in my early days, it was definitely my work ethic. Um, I would just spend so much time learning how to make better videos, researching for DIYs, um, testing out testing out um, DIY methods, like all this stuff. And it was really easy for me because I had fun doing it. So I think a work ethic is super important to grow in this um, social media space because there's so much competition. And you really want to have more content out there so that people remember that you exist. I think that's really important. Um, I think... Nowadays, I really value authenticity and I think that's something that has helped me grow a loyal audience um, because other than just DIY content, which is kind of in educational and like instructional, the personality is what really makes people stick around because they, they can find me through this diy content like through search suggested videos that kind of stuff but the personality is what really makes them stick around
0: so you're saying with a good work ethic and being authentic we can all grow to that much celeb status on
1: youtube (laughs) i will no guarantees (laughs) don't sue me if it doesn't happen but I think it's really possible. I think that the internet and social media provides so many opportunities for everyone. And that's what I love about it because you don't have to wait for someone else to give you an opportunity. You can create it for yourself. Oh, I could not agree
0: with you more on that. I think like the internet is an equal opportunity employer. It's like, we all at this point have the ability to grab our phone and publish content and create Mm -hmm. content where there's never been content before because really nobody can do it, like you or I can do it uh, when we're being ourselves and we're talking about what we're truly passionate about. So for anyone listening who has that little desire in their heart to start a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel, like what is holding you back? Because now it's even very affordable or free to get that content out there, right? So, I'm assuming you were very kind of DIY, do it all yourself in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you have people who help you in managing your channel these days, or is it still you doing all of the back end stuff?
1: So, I do have a team. I have a management team for like business deals and handling sponsorships and, um, all of those kind of just like businessy things because I'm not really good at that. I just want to do the creative things, like make my videos. Um, The business side does kind of stress me out sometimes. So I'm really glad to have them handle that. Um, And then I also have, I recently started working with a um, publicity team and they've been really great just to, help with media stuff and all things publicity, which I'm still trying to figure out what that means. (laughs) Um, But I also sometimes work with an editor. It's something that I have really struggled with for a long time because I am really personal with my editing and I have a certain style. And so it's really hard to let go of my baby and let someone else handle that. So I've been working with an editor on and off sometimes because I, I, I'm i still in that process of like letting go. Um, I've gotten so many peers um, telling me that I need to get an editor because at a certain point, if you want to grow, you have to delegate tasks that you don't necessarily have to be doing yourself. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for now. So I have a pretty small team. Um, I still like to do a lot of things myself because I am very DIY and hands-on, but I am trying to delegate to third parties more and try to let go of certain things, but I'm just like so used to doing everything myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's that type of hustle that kind of got you to where you are, being the doer of all things and just, you know, keeping it all in-house saying like if I want to get this video out by tomorrow, I can do that cuz I can exactly. stay up all night. But then shifting to that mentality of no because when I get someone else to edit it, I can focus on creating the next video or producing more content or giving myself a rest so I can be creative again. Um, And it's such an interesting shift from like, I'm just self-employed to no, this is a business and other people are going to support the growth and the vision of where we're headed, right? And that does require you to trust in others who have a specialty mm-hmm. and can do that specialty probably better than
1: you can, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the trick is really to find people that you trust that have the same vision as you. And I think that's also the hard part. So trying to find people that really fit into your business it's a work so,
0: in progress. <laughs> I'm so curious. Um, like you say, find people who have the same vision as you. Do you have a clear vision of like where your
1: brand is going? I feel like I, it's constantly changing. I think especially because of the, the climate that we're in right now and um, I have been doing YouTube for seven years, seven or eight, seven years, and this is kind of what I always wanted to do when I first started. But now that I do have a platform and I've tried a bunch of different things, I I feel like the opportunities are really limitless. And so currently, I'm trying to branch out into music because it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and my first channel was actually not Generation DIY. It was a singing channel. And most people don't know about this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was a singing channel and I posted one cover and it is completely private now because it's so embarrassing. Um, I can't even log back into the, the account because I don't remember the password. But yeah, so I made that channel before my DIY channel. And at the time, I just wasn't confident enough to keep doing that. And so now I'm kind of returning back to my roots because through this YouTube channel, I've been able to learn how to, like, speak in front of an audience and gain my confidence. It's kind of crazy how doing YouTube has gained me so many more life skills. Um, So, yeah. That is super exciting. And I definitely
0: want to come back to touching on your, your new music career and the single that you launched, (laughs) because that's so exciting and obviously very, a proud, very much a proud moment for you. Um, going back to you saying that you've learned a lot of life skills through YouTube and, it's obviously helped you with your confidence and surely so much else. Um, I'm curious, with the growth of your YouTube channel, did you self-teach a lot of the skills needed to record, edit, um, promote, or did you have formal education around how to become a YouTuber or how to become a video editor? I think it'd be great to hear, like, how did you learn all of this?
1: Yeah, I definitely self-taught basically everything I know. Um, I honestly just searched up YouTube videos whenever I needed help. Um, Like with an editing trick or something, I'd search up how to add text. And you just kind of learn that way. Um, Yeah, so I learned how to edit, film, like my filming setup. Um, And even with marketing and promotion, that kind of stuff, I just learned through trial and error, and now I have a process for whenever I release a video, I know that I have to promote on Instagram with the swipe up link and post an in-feed photo, post a video to promo. It's kind of just a routine for me now, but thinking back, it actually did take a lot of just trial and error through the years. Um, I think self-teaching is actually one of the best ways to learn because you apply it as you learn it. Um, And it's actually, I feel like you only self-teach when you're really interested in something. And so it just sticks a lot better. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. Even like reflecting on my own journey, the things that I do today that I'm so lit up about, such as podcasting, I self-taught the skills. Like I never went to school for broadcasting or media. I went to school for something that I was totally not passionate about. Therefore, I didn't really learn. And I sat through class like playing games on my phone because it wasn't what I wanted to invest my time and energy in. Um, But yet when I graduated and had done all the diplomas and degrees, it was the things that I found myself like diving into reading on the internet late at night that I ended up kind of channeling into a business because it was stuff that I truly loved and it brought me so much joy. And then I just decided, okay, start doing it and see how you can figure out how to get better and make it a a career, quote unquote. Yeah. So you just never know. And like the power of the internet to help you learn new skills and to really be anything you want in this lifetime is amazing. And I think you're a shining example of that.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's interesting that you talked about how you studied something you didn't like, because I actually did the same thing. Um, I went to university for two years for, um, what was my program called? Media, Culture, and Communications, which is what I thought – which is what i thought i wanted to do because it was kind of similar to like youtube and like that kind of stuff but it was a lot of theory and analysis of like a lot of analog processes like newspapers publishing that kind of stuff um and so eventually i just left school to do youtube full-time yeah yeah
0: I honestly, I don't think, and I hate to even say this out loud, but I don't think a university curriculum can keep up with the innovative career paths that are available to us these days. Like there is no university course on YouTube. I mean, maybe there is like at some progressive school, but for the most part, like they don't evolve fast enough to be able to teach courses on YouTube podcasting, um, I don't know, blog, right? Things like that. And so, you know, I don't think it's the path for all of us. So if anyone listening feels like they have to get a formal education, um, don't feel that way because times are changing and there's so much available to you just through learning from others and listening to shows like this and seeing, well, if Jennifer can do it, like I have that within me too. So why not me? Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to dive in quickly to content creation because a lot of the listeners uh, have recently started a business or have a business and the content creation feels stressful to them. They're kind of like, how much do I create and what am I supposed to talk about? I'm wondering, how do you plan out your upcoming content? Like, do you just wing it every time you sit down in front of the camera? Do you follow a very structured like calendar that says, okay, it's Christmas time. We need to be recording this type of video. How do you know what you're going to release in the coming weeks and months?
1: Um, So I do sit down and plan out videos from time to time. Um, I have kind of a loose calendar going of videos I want to create. So I'll just put the video on my calendar. Let's say this week I want to do DIY scrunchies. I put it on Sunday. I used to have a lot more of a rigid schedule, like every single Sunday on the dot. Um, But as as my video production has grown and it's become more... um, advanced, I guess. It's taking a lot longer to make videos. And so that rigid schedule doesn't really work for me anymore. And um, back in the day, YouTube really prioritizes like rigid schedule, just to let viewers know every time you're uploading, it's the same time and they would push you in the algorithm. But it's not really the same case anymore. So... And I think viewers know that, too, and they're comfortable with um, just, like, watching anytime because I feel like, especially nowadays, that a lot of people are just at home doing school online or working from home, you're kind of on social media all the time, so you can really have a flexible upload schedule, at least that's what I'm telling myself,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I can very much relate to that even with podcasting too. Like for two and a half years, I posted every single Sunday night at 8 PM Eastern, but especially over the last six months with COVID, I'm finding like all of our days are meshing together and your Monday morning commute is not like what it used to be. So for me, I haven't seen a dip in downloads even when I post maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday or maybe one week, I, I don't post a podcast because our lives are different. Like, like you said, we're always online now. Like people are always in their podcast app and when a new show pops up, like it'll be delivered to them if they're subscribed. So they're not waiting there Sunday at 8 PM for the most part to see it because they're on it all the time. Um, exactly. so, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah,
1: And I think that's also the beauty of social media and the internet. It's not like network television where you have to be sitting in front of the TV at 8 p.m. or else you're going to miss the show that you're trying to watch. Um, But yeah, back to content creation, I do sit down and kind of brainstorm ideas. Um, A lot of my DIY ideas come from just stuff that I see in stores that I want to buy but are too expensive that I'm like, I could probably make this for like $5. <laughs> and um, nowadays I take a lot of uh, requests from viewers. So I'll ask them on Instagram or YouTube, like what kind of videos do you want to see? And then I'll kind of just do that. But at this point I kind of have an idea of what people want to see. And I feel like I've always had kind of an idea because I love watching YouTube. I think, though, that nowadays I do have to be more creative with videos because there are so many videos being pumped out every single day. And um, I don't have the same formula as I once did back in the day where I just make a straightforward DIY tutorial. Now it has to be more personality-based and just be more exciting than the last... It's a process of, like, always trying to top yourself, which can be very stressful.
0: Yeah. And do you do that because you know there's so much competition and that you can't just produce mediocre videos for YouTube anymore? Or is it just that you hold yourself to a very high standard? Like, why do you
1: put that pressure on yourself? I think it's a combination of both. But I think it's more so that I put a lot of pressure on myself to always do better than the last video because I always want to feel like I'm growing and learning. Um, But yeah, I I know a lot of other people who are the same way. Um, And I feel like especially because this line of work requires a lot of hard work and dedication, it leads to a lot of burnout, which I have gone through a couple waves of and it's not fun. But at the end of the day, I think this is still, like, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That's so nice to
0: hear even many years down the line that you're still enjoying it. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that's a testament to why you have such a strong presence on YouTube is because your love for it is not fake and it's not forced. Like, you genu- genuinely are showing up to create value for the audience. And and that excitement, I'm sure, shines through the screen. Um You know, a lot of people might think, okay, being a YouTuber, you must just be like sitting on a hammock, enjoying your life, sipping a pina colada. um, And they think it's got to be somehow like an easy job. I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. aside from that, are there any other common misconceptions about what being a YouTuber is like that kind of like make you mad?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this could be a whole podcast in itself. But I think a lot of people, let's say, let's take just an Instagram post or a story. I think people think that you just take a picture and it's like there. But I mean, for me, I have to plan out in my feed, like it doesn't match everything. Like, and then I also have to think about if I have a sponsored post coming up, like, is this gonna clash with that? Like, can I have these side by side? There's a lot of thought that goes into that. But for YouTube videos, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people know nowadays that it's, people are starting to know that it's not as easy as it seems. But let's say for my last video, I posted a 12 minute video on aesthetic DIYs Um, and I have three DIYs in that video but it took me a week to film I want to say like three or four days to edit so it took a long long time Um, but yeah I am a perfectionist though so I feel like it wouldn't it probably maybe wouldn't take this long normally (laughs) but because I just want everything to be up to the standard that I hold myself to. So it yeah, a lot of work goes into it. And even updating the description, nobody thinks about that. You have to type in um like what the video is about. You have to credit all the music that's in the video, link to any products that you mentioned, um, fill out the tag section, add to playlist, like add end cards. Like all of this takes time. A lot
0: of yeah. time. If you could ballpark it, like say I watch a 20 minute video that you produced, how many hours actually went into the creation of it?
1: I think it depends on the type of video. If it's a vlog, that's like 20 minutes. Vlogs, obviously I just like film my life and then cut it together. Um, But if it's a DIY video, I I have this bathroom renovation series. I think one of the videos might be twenty minutes long, and it maybe took like two weeks to film one of those parts. So two weeks into like twenty minutes. Wow! Yeah, yeah. There you go. That just like yeah. I think it really depends from channel to channel. But for me, because it's so much like tutorial stuff and like filming the whole process and then cutting it down. Yeah. So for, I think for my content, it takes a long time to film and make. (laughs) And obviously
0: you feel, you know, like there's a lot of rewards, I'm sure from spending the time on creating this content. And I'm kind of wondering, like, have there been any major milestones that you've hit or just really like heartwarming moments that you remember and that still to this day feel like, ah, oh, this is why I do this.
1: Yeah, there're definitely a couple. I think one of my favorites was when I held this meetup in uh, my my city and, There were so many people who showed up and I was like oh my god this is crazy like getting to see real faces that I've just seen in profile pictures and I got to like talk to them and hug them (laughs) pre-COVID. This was I think 2016 or 17 so I haven't had a meetup in a while Um, just because at heart I'm still like a super shy introverted person and it it's kind of, um, I get kind of nervous meeting people, but that was like one of my favorite memories. Um, Yeah. It was just crazy getting to see that these are real people.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. And what a memorable moment to actually meet and feel the energy of people who have probably paid attention to hours of your content and to them what a special moment to like see you in the physical realm and be able to give you a hug and um yeah like that's such a heartwarming moment to know that you've impacted more lives than you probably even know just even if it's entertaining someone (laughs) inspiring someone
1: getting them to make their galaxy shoes (laughs) you know
0: that's pretty special
1: it is crazy to think about that I think we sometimes forget that the there are real people behind the screens and it's so easy to ca- get caught up in the numbers and be like oh I'm not performing as well this week or this video is not doing well but when you think about the number of people behind that number is actually it really kind of puts things into perspective because sometimes I'll put myself down if Um, I don't know. I think sometimes I get used to the idea of 2 million people. I'm like, oh, it was 2 million subscribers. But then, but then again, we just talked about how like, I can't even picture 2 million people in a field. Like that's insane. And so it's really good for me sometimes to just remember that these are real people and that this, I can feel successful about that. Yeah, because it's always easy to be like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not – these numbers are not growing or they're going down or, like, they're just not enough. And I think it's good to remind yourself that you're always – you're doing your best and your best is actually not as bad as you think.
0: Um, For somebody listening right now who maybe has started their channel, they have, like, 50 subscribers – And they're starting to doubt themselves because they don't see it growing or maybe they get like one new subscriber each week. What would you tell
1: them? I think it's really important to be persistent because if it is something that you are passionate about, then keep doing it. It is hard work. Like it's not, I think a lot of, Stuff on social media seems like it's easy. You have you see these like millionaires having these like giant houses, um, people blowing up on TikTok, but at the end of the day, it is hard work to get there. And I think, like it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to give advice on because, like. Yes, I (laughs) – it's hard to, like, in the moment, because I've definitely been there before, it's hard for anyone to say anything that will really make you feel better because you just feel so, like, lost and, like, helpless. But I think eventually – I'm not gonna lie and be like, "Oh, everyone makes it." It is hard. Like you really have to work for it and like beat out the competition. Um, but if you keep learning and keep growing and you make good videos, I really believe that if you do make good videos, people will find them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. And you know, I I was actually just talking to a client last night who was like. I'm just not seeing results. Like I'm putting up all this content and nobody's paying attention. And much as I hated to say it, I I had to say, well, why do we think nobody's paying attention? Like maybe we can actually make your content better so that people care or that, so they notice. Um, and it's a hard reality to face, but if nobody's paying attention, maybe because it's, Like there's other stuff that's actually more captivating, but that doesn't mean you can't get there. It's just about having that critical eye of how can I improve what I'm doing so that people notice me. And it's not Mm -hmm. like being someone you're not, but just like elevating um, the level of content that you share. And it's just a small change and um, it is possible. So sometimes it's just bringing that awareness to, okay, where am I now? Where do I need to
1: be and how do I bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot of patience, too, um, because we're really, like, instant gratification these days. But sometimes you got to post, like, 50 videos before one of them blows up, 50 or 100 or 200. Um, I think the more content that you have out there, the easier it is for someone to find you, just of, like, the number of, just for, like, statistics-wise, if you only have, like, five videos, like, you shouldn't expect someone to find them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's like checking your ego, right? And being like, okay, (laughs) have I put in the work to deserve all the recognition? Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your music career. I know you just dropped a single and I believe it already has like a hundred thousand views in the past like 10 days or something crazy like that. Um, so just tell us like what inspired that project um, how can we support you in achieving these dreams of obviously getting your music out to more people give us the lowdown
1: yeah I released my song a couple of days ago I'm really excited about it um, it's out on all streaming platforms and I made a music video for it um, and it was really fun process um, kind of, of a weird process though, because I wasn't able to record it in a studio or anything. I just recorded it in my bedroom on my bed with a bunch of like pillows and Whoa. blankets okay. to like to absorb sound. So super DIY. Um, and then I sent it off to a producer to um, mix it. So it was like online, which was a really cool process. Um, And then the music video was a really interesting experience because it was during, you know, this whole pandemic. And we wanted to make it as safe as possible. So everyone was like wearing um, masks and all that kind of stuff. And it's been a month and everyone seems to be safe. So I think we did a good job. But the song was actually born out of some comments that I got. At the peak of the virus, I had never really gotten this type of... It was basically, like, some racist comments. And, like, I've never had to deal with those on my videos before. So I started, like, arguing with this one guy. And, like, I don't know, it really affected me for a while. So this was kind of in response to him. And kind of a bunch of life experiences that I've had, like just like misogyny and like racism and that kind of stuff, which we don't like those things. Um, Yeah. So it's just kind of an empowerment song for me to kind of stand up for myself and take back control. I love that. And good for you for channeling that effort
0: of like anger or sadness or whatever you're feeling into a piece of art or a piece of creative work. I think that's some of the most powerful content we can create is coming from a place of, you know, I have so much built up and I need an outlet for it. So I think that's why the
1: song is so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I put a lot of uh, my emotion and frustration into it. So I feel I hope that people can take their own empowerment from the song and also have a couple dance parties if they would like to. <laughs> yes,
0: I love that. Now, will there be more music in the future or was this a one-off project?
1: I do plan on releasing more music, hopefully soon. Um, music is something that I'm trying to do um, more of and more full-time because it is something that I am I really love to do. Um, like I said, I've been playing piano for 16 years, so it's been a big part of my life. And I feel like I... Through these seven years on YouTube, I'm finally gaining the confidence to sing in front of people. Um, yeah, or just even, like, sing in front of a producer recording a song. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that when I first started YouTube. So, yeah, I think it really did take the these couple years on YouTube for me to, like, come back into this.
0: It's awesome. Um, And I'll definitely plug the link for the video and um, the Spotify link in the show notes so that people can go check it out, which is kind of exciting.
1: (laughs) Oh, by Um, the way, it's it's called Falling to Your Knees if anyone wants to take a listen. Yes, we do. And I I did listen
0: to it many times in the last few days because I knew you were coming on the show. And honestly, the video was incredible. The sound is amazing. The song is catchy as ever. So I'm pumped to throw it on after this and have a little dance party for a Friday night jig. Thank (laughs) you so much. So Jennifer, this has been an awesome conversation. A couple last questions for you. Um, Do you have a vision as to what's next? So you've got the YouTube channel, you're breaking into the music scene. Is there any other vision you have uh, on your heart or for your business that you haven't quite activated yet, but you know down the line, you'd love to explore it?
1: I do want to explore some kind of business in the future that's not really attached to... Generation DIY or my name, I want something that's going to like live on its own. That's like one of my dreams, because I think it's also important to build something that's going to last even when you don't like it's kind of like a like a passive income type of thing. Um, So I haven't really started that, but that's something I hope to do in the future.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's so smart of you to even start thinking about that and vocalizing that. Cause you're right. Like right now your business is very much tied to you showing up in front of the camera. Um, so who knows down the line, maybe you have a product line that target carries or something totally different that doesn't require like that focused energy and you sitting in the hot seat to deliver your energy and content. Yeah, so yeah. that's really exciting. Um, If people want to learn more about you, Jennifer, if they want to connect with you, where is the best place to find you?
1: Um, You can find me at Generation DIY everywhere. That's Jen, J-E-N, generation DIY, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and on music platforms. It's Gen Z. Awesome. I'll
0: link all of that. And thank you for sharing um, all the behind the scenes of what your life is like and how you got into this YouTube journey. I think it's still a career path that we're all very curious about and you know things that my parents just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I love having these conversations and just sharing the voice of people like yourself who show that it's possible with hard work and perseverance and having that passion that you want to share with the world so thank you for being here
1: of course thank you so much for having me kelsey thanks for tuning in
0: to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Riedel. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness,
1: and fulfillment.